0: Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Boy, praise God. Hallelujah. It's not even Easter yet. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I heard this story the other day I wanted to share with you, and, and this elderly couple, probably in their 40s. I'm just kidding. They were... They were asleep in their bed one night, and and uh, the lady was startled, and and she woke up, and she said, "Honey, someone's in the house." So, uh, so but you know he woke up, and he says, "Well, I'll go check." And she says, "Well, I'm going with you." And so they both went downstairs, and when they got downstairs, they ran right into this man in their house. He was a burglar, and and they were everybody even it even startled him, and they're all standing there, and the burglar said you know what, I didn't want it to come to this, so now I'm just going to have to shoot you. Of course, they were really freaked out then. It was going, no, don't do that. And he looked at the lady and he said, well, I'm, if I'm going to shoot you, I need to know your name. And she said, my name's Elizabeth. And and uh, he just got all emotional all of a sudden. He put his gun down and he goes, that's my mom's name. I can't shoot you. And then he, and then he pointed at the guy and he said, what's your name? And he said, well, my name's Joe, but My friends call me Elizabeth. (laughs) Oh, praise God. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, they laughed at my corny joke. Praise God. You know, uh, today, I, I just wanted to share a little bit with you. And, you know, we're going into the Easter season, and, and I thought today, you know, it's, it's a time for us to really prepare our hearts. I think, you know, uh, in, in the next two weeks, and, and just we celebrate, we celebrate what Jesus did for us. And so today, I, I just kind of wanted to, to share something with you, and uh, it doesn't have a flashy title. It's called Gut Check. All right? And here's what a gut check is. It's an evaluation or a test of a person's resolve, a commitment or priorities, typically with respect to a particular course of action or a purpose. That's a gut check. And I, always, I know that, that my boys played sports, and I remember that, that the, the gut check time was always in the fourth quarter. That's when, that's when you, you really had a gut check. Or, or maybe it was in the second overtime of a basketball game. That's a gut check. That's when, when it's a test of your resolve or your, your commitment to whatever you're doing or the promise that you're given to whatever you're doing. And so our purpose, I believe, is to do this, get people saved, teach God's word, walk in spiritual gifts, and uphold each other with Fellowship. Is that our purpose? I believe that's what we should do as Christians. We should get other people saved and we should teach the word of God. The word of God is, is, you know, it's important for us to have the word of God on the inside of us so that when someone squeezes us a little bit, that's what comes out, the word of God. And so I was thinking about this this week and I I just, I I read something and, and I'm I know I'm kind of different but but I was reading the parables and and there's there's five parables right just right before they begin to uh, j- j- scheme against jesus and and one that really caught my attention was the parable of the Ten virgins. Now there was a girl who's going to get married, and I'm going to make this really quick there was back in that culture a girl who's going to get married, she picked ten of her friends, which we'd call today bridesmaids and they were bridesmaids and they, and what they did was they they had different things that that, that their purpose in their life and they, and I mean through this and and they were number one they were going to make sure that she stayed faithful to her husband that she was betrothed to that's what they did and the next one is is they always encouraged her because the bridegroom according to this story he came at night I don't know why he came at night but I guess it was their custom custom well anyway if, if they would, if she got discouraged and said something like, well, I don't know if he loves me anymore, then they'd say, oh, you know what, he loves you. They would encourage her, and they would also they would also let her know that, that she needed to be sharp, too. They'd keep, make sure she was pure. They'd make sure that she kept herself and that she was going to look nice for the coming groom. And so they took care of her. And we know that there were five who were wise and five who were, were foolish, okay? It, so these five here were prudent. And, and the Bible says that, that the other thing they did is they all had a lamp. And what the, they'd do is, from what I understand, it was a tall lamp, and they would lead this procession into the wedding in front of the, the groom. So, so they had to make sure that their light was burning their light was burnt. So, so anyway, five of them were wise because they brought extra oil. And, and did I say extra? Extra oil, okay? And, and then five of them that, that were foolish or dull in their thinking. In fact, it's, it comes from the uh, Greek word morose, which we get our, our word moron from that. And, and so these girls were dull, so they didn't bring extra oil. Okay so so we know what happened that that when the bridegroom came five of them had they could keep their lamps burning hot but five of them didn't and so i believe the moral of this story was this that that uh, they had to be watchful and this could be a, for us let's think about this we need to be watchful we need to keep our lamp or our light burning on the inside and we can't be Lulled to sleep because see, all of them fell asleep, all ten of them fell asleep. But we can't be lulled to sleep. We can't allow our our lives or this church be in a place of slumber, because I believe this church and I believe any church is a light. But I believe this is my church, our church. Say our church, church. and so it's important for us to not lose interest in serving the Lord. And we need to be ready all the time to give an answer for for the hope that is within us. Isn't that right? We need to be that way. And so Matthew 26 and 41, it says, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The Lord indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We need to keep our lamp or our light burning because I believe this church is a lighthouse. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so, you know, the, the, the five who, they all fell asleep and they were in this place to where they were slumbering, but we can't do that. I kind of got ahead of myself there. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 through 8, it says this, You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. So the word watch means this, to look or observe attentively for a period of time. We're always watching, we're looking around. And sober means this, to be self-controlled. It says, for those who sleep, sleep in the night, and those who get drunk, get drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day be self-controlled or sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation so the key to this is is if we're our light is going to shine we need the fire we need the fire of God I heard this story about three years ago and 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 it's it's an event that happens. Well, it doesn't happen anymore. It happened for almost 100 years. It started in 1872 and ended in 1969. And and what would happen is in Yosemite National Forest. And during the year, they'd collect all the trees that had fallen and they'd move them up to uh, this falls. And it's called, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget, Horsetail Falls. And so they would, all of these, all these pieces of wood, big trees and all this stuff, these logs, they would take it up to, the top of this cliff and where there was a waterfall and they would start a bonfire a giant bonfire and 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 when when it got really hot and it was burning hot and there was a lot of coals there then they'd have these bulldozers and what they would do is they'd begin to push this fire over the cliff so that when it came down it looked like a, a fire and it was called the firefall and it just it went all the way down the, with the, with the uh, waterfall, and it was called the firefall. So in 1969, they decided to not do it anymore. So, um, so and it was for different reasons. I mean, they, you know, there were so many people who came, the traffic, and, 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 and then the, they stayed in the meadows or they, they gathered in the meadows and they trampled it all down. Besides all that, it wasn't a natural event. They decided not to do it anymore. So after that, when people came, they would ask for this event called, when's the fire fall? It was always in February. When's the fire fall? And the rangers would have to say this, the fire doesn't fall here anymore. The fire doesn't fall here anymore. And so when when I heard that story, I was thinking about, you know, wouldn't it be a shame If we said that about our church, the fire doesn't fall here anymore. That would be a shame. It's important for us to stay hot. Did you know that? And we need to be in the word of God and we need to let the fire fall in this place. And for that to happen, we need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We need to stir up the fire that's on the inside of ourselves, and we need to stir up the fire that's in this church. You know what the fire does? The fire purifies you on the inside. It does. And we need to pray in the Holy Ghost. I've got to stick with this or I'll get it. We need the fire, the fire of God in the midst of this. And, and it also, the presence of God. I mean, just a while ago, the presence of God, we should expect it to be here every time we praise and worship. Every time. So that people, will, their lives will be changed. And, and, and we need, people, they'll be healed and they'll be just changed. Without the fire, your countenance is not the same. It's just not the same. The Spirit is the light in this dark world. And it's our responsibility to be the light in this world. We need the fire of God in our lives. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Say, I need, I need the, fire the fire of God. When we worship God, when we, God, when we worship God, I expect His presence, expect His presence to change me, to change every, me. Every, time. every time. So the fire God is a symbol of, of deity, and and uh, there's some scriptures in Hebrews twelve twenty nine. It says this: Our God is a consuming fire. Malachi three two says He is a refining refining fire. Isaiah four four says He's called the spirit of burning. And how about this one, Matthew 3, 11. John said this. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah. It's a symbol of his deity. It's a symbol of repentance and approval by God. Every acceptable sacrifice was always burned by fire. In Levit- Leviticus uh, 9.24, it says this, that fire went out from the presence of the Lord. Genesis 15, you know that story, where, where, where God made a covenant with Abraham, and Abraham, he had to supply the sacrifice, and he cut these animals in half and laid them out, and, and then he put Abraham in a trance, and God walked, the covenant partner walked through that, and he showed up as fire. He walked through there and burned up the sacrifice. I love this one here in Judges uh thirteen nineteen. It's about Manoah and his wife. And, and uh, they were barren. They didn't have a son. And his wife, she went to the Lord and she said, you know, she was sad because she didn't have a son. And so the Lord said this, I'm going to give you a son. And, and, uh, and so... Uh, And he told her what she should do leading up to that. There were specific things that she couldn't do, which passed on to him. But after he told her that, she went and told her husband. And you know how a husband is. He goes, well, how come he didn't come talk to me? Next time you bring him to me, okay, or whatever. So that happened. She brought this angel to Manoah. And and he told him the very same thing. So they wanted to fix this angel something to eat. And he said, No, but you can prepare me a sacrifice. And and here's what happened. It says, it says this. It says, Manoah took a young goat and grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing the Lord did. While Manoah and his wife looked on, it happened as a flame. As the flame went up into heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in in the flame of the altar. An angel ascended into that. But look what it did to them. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife, they lowered themselves to the ground. The presence of God caused them, they had to lower themselves. You know what that does? That humbles us the fire of God begins to humble us and it's no longer about us. It's about God and it's about other people. That's what the fire of God will do for us. Oh, Jesus. It's a symbol of God's presence. Zechariah 2.5 says, For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around you, Jerusalem, and I will be the glory in her midst. Exodus 21, you know the story. It's when they traveled, there was a pillar of cloud by night. I mean by day, but by night there was a pillar of fire. God led them all the time. They could travel either in the morning or at night. It's also a symbol of this. It's a symbol of his passion and his power. 2 Timothy 1.6 says this, Stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. How many of you are baptized in the Holy Ghost in here? Hallelujah. I hope every single one is. If not today, you need to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. But once you get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, you have to stir yourself up. Yeah. The fire of God. You stir up the fire that's on the inside of you. And you know what? It's, it, what it does is it rekindles that fire that's in your belly or on the in your spirit, man. And it also does this. It fans the flame. I remember... Not too many times we did this, but we, when we camped out when I was a kid, I was with my uncle and we camped out, we built this fire. And I remember that in the morning, the fire, it was cold. And, and in, in, in the morning, the fire just had burning embers. And we began to fan that, and it began to burn again so we could put some wood over, the, over it and warm up in the morning. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, when you pray in tongues, that's what happens to you. The fire gets lit on the inside of you. It's a symbol of repentance. That, that fire on the inside of you will, will cause you to repent. But Proverbs 20, uh, 26, and I think it's 20, says that, that a fire without wood goes out. So what is the wood? Well, it's this. It's things we probably already talked about. It's reading your Bible, not just reading your Bible and make it sort of a regiment, but it's important for us to know the Bible, to study the Bible. Number two, we got to pray. I invite, I'd love it if everybody would just come and pray on Wednesday night. And a lot of people come. I mean, there's people who are faithful to do that for, I guess it's like three years now. I don't know how many years it's been. It's a small group, and we just get right back there. But the Lord showed me something one time that, that someday that that would be the biggest service that we had each week. That would be the biggest service because people would come here and I'm telling you, we pray. You can feel the presence of God. The Lord spoke this to me a couple of weeks ago and I wrote it down. He says that we're entering into a season of miracles in this church And and, and it was a season of miracles with physical healings, praise God. And it was long-awaited salvations. Has anybody in here been praying for someone for a really long time? And here's the other thing, that there would be reconciliation between enemies. That the fire of God would come in this place. And these things will begin to happen. Here's the other evidence that, that or the wood that's on the inside of you. Holy living. You know, we're supposed to be separated, aren't we? The Bible says this, that we're not trans, that there were not uh, that we're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And here's the next one. I, I kind of got ahead of myself again, forgiving enemies that's a sign that you have the fire of God on the inside of you, that you don't harbor unforgiveness. You just, you know, and I heard, I've heard a lot of messages about this, but I, I heard one here a while back to work. This guy, he said, somebody heard him and he says, you know, he said, a lot of people think for you to have it totally resolved on the inside of you, that you have to go to that person and it could be awkward or whatever. But it, he said, you know, that the important thing is that you let it go. You let it go on the inside of you. And, 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 and that's another sign of the fire of God in you. And here's the last one, and it's this, resisting temptation. For that, you have to keep your firebox clean and full of wood, full of these things I just talked about in your Bible, pray and praise, living and right, and, and forgiving your enemies and resisting temptation. Hallelujah. So that leads me to this place to where this is the gut check. This is the resolve or the commitment or priorities with uh, respect to your purpose, I, my purpose. We have to walk in the light. It's important for us to walk in the light. And I, I, I chose this scripture. It's in Ephesians chapter 5 and it starts with verse 8. It says, for you were once darkness, but now... You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all God goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is, the acceptable, what, what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even in, even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. You know what integrity is? It's doing the right thing when no one's looking. And he said that that it's shameful for us to even speak about those things that are done in secret. But all things are exposed and made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly. The NIV says it this way. Be careful how you live. Be very careful how you live. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, and I, that word dissipation means, means uh, oh, I, no, that's what, I did it wrong. I'm sorry. Circumspectly means this, to be very careful how you live. And, and, and the NIV says, circums, let me read this. Therefore, do not be unwise, be, understand what is, the will of the, the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, and it says, "Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit." We can't allow ourselves to be calloused. Hallelujah! The Bible says in First Timothy, in chapter four, it says, "In the last days, that some people will their hearts will become seared like with a hot iron." We can't do that. We can't become complacent. We can. We can't be self-satisfied. We need to let the fire of God transform our life every single day. The fire of God is necessary for growth. It is. I got one more thing, and I and, and I was just gonna. I got this yesterday, and and I'm gonna read this to you out of Isaiah six. Six. I need a drink. In the year of King Uzziah, that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. I'm sorry this gets to me the whole earth is filled with his glory and the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who who cried out and the house was filled with smoke and so I said woe is me for i am undone that means doomed because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of the hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hands having in his hand a live coal which he had taken from, from with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it, and he said, "Behold." This has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom will I send and who will go with us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. He gave him a message. I want to be a messenger. That's what I got from that. I I don't want anything to hinder me from being a messenger for God. I want to let my light shine every single day. And if I'm going to do that, I have to pray in the Holy Ghost. I have to read my Bible. I have to live right. I have to resist temptation. And all of those things that would hinder me from being that messenger for God, I've got to to just notice those things. I've got to be aware of those things in my life. And I've got to stir up the gift that's on the inside of me. And you need to stir up the gift that's on the inside of you too. In this season, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And each and every one of us has a story. Each one of us has a story that we can tell about how God changed our life. And and if we're going to do that, you know, I remember one time Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to say because the Spirit will give you utterance. But it's our place to do this. We have to step up and we have to be ready and we have to be obedient and we have to know this, that God is standing there with us and he wants other people saved and that should be our heart. That's what the fire of God is all about. And a gut check is something that, you know, I have the resolve to do this. I'm not going to fall asleep. How about you? No, this this shouldn't be a sleeping church where the gifts of the Spirit have left this place. No! We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in praying in tongues. We believe that people are, are supposed to be healed. We believe it. We believe that lives are supposed to be changed every single week. So, so let's just stir it up, okay? Let's just do that right now. Hallelujah. Let me say this first. I'm sorry, you guys. I should have said, would well, you guys come forward? I never do this right, but but that that those two songs, man, they touched me this morning. Um, golly, they really touched me. But Living Hope, would y'all play that song? Yes. Okay, maybe just the last part of it. Yep. And in the morning. I like that part. Numerous times I've sat on the couch at home in the morning and just wept when I heard that because Jesus did that for me. You know what he did? I remember on April the 8th, 1979, I remember when I walked the aisle and I asked Jesus to come into my life. You know what? I want to pray for people this morning for two things. I want to pray for you, and, and, and I'd like the, the staff to help me. If if you're not saved, if you're not born again this morning, I want to lead you to Jesus. I want to pray with you. It's, it's so easy. We lead you through this prayer, and you just say the same things we do, and it's supernatural. The Spirit of God comes on the inside of you, and you become born again. The other thing I want to do let's just pray for people who are under attack. It doesn't matter how you're being attacked. This morning, God wants to, he wants to set you free. Hallelujah. Doesn't the Bible say who in the sun sets free? It's free indeed. Be expecting, though. You have to expect that when we lay hands on you this morning and we pray for you, that you're going to be different. Hallelujah. You're going to be changed. So as we sing this song, to start, I invite you to come. Amen. I dare you to come. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Here we go.
1: Came the morning that sealed the promise. Would you stand up with me? Your very body began to breathe out of the sight. about our Be Savior, grace, our Lord. No
0: Hallelujah. Our healer. Then
1: came the Hallelujah.
0: Morning, Praise you,
1: Lord. You the Praise you, Lord.
0: sing this, just let it mean something to you. Hallelujah. What it's talking about is you know, he he wasn't defeated. His very body began to to breathe. And and that's the part that really gets to me. Let's just make it personal. Hallelujah. His body. Let's sing it again. One more time. Hallelujah. Then came
1: the morning that sealed the process
0: So shaken about this this morning, it just I, my heart's really been touched this week. Go in victory today. Let me pray for you, Father. I just thank you that every single one of us that we stir ourselves up daily. I thank you, Father God, when we get up in the morning that we just begin to think about you and meditate in your word and pray before we enter into the day. And Father, I thank you that we're changed on the inside, that we are a light wherever we go. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for opportunities that every one of us have to tell somebody about Jesus. Father, I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, y'all be blessed. I love you. Praise you, Jesus. Check. Don't forget about the business meeting tomorrow night and that we have services on Wednesday night. We have the prayer here in the auditorium, and we also have youth and children services.